welcome to City Speak with Max Masudafarkas. Have we not all, at some point or another, experienced this? Where's the car? Well, I, I thought it was here. You don't know where we parked? <laughs> this is great. Look, I thought it was green 22. I remember orange. I thought it was orange. I didn't pay attention. Oh, this is just what I mean. I'm sure it's right around here. Yeah, yeah, it looks familiar. I remember the elevator. There's elevators all over. Everything looks the same. But like rats in some experiment. Like rats in some experiment, or lifeless souls wandering through purgatory, we all know what it's like to feel lost in a parking garage. Alone, helpless, frustrated to the point of tears yet somehow unable to cry. Well, despite how they may make us feel, parking structures have always been a ubiquitous fixture in cities, well before Seinfeld, with the first car parks dating back to the turn of the 20th century in London. But will parking continue to exist in the form that it has had for the past 100 years, for the next 100 years? To answer this question, I'm joined by Alex Israel, the founder and CEO of Metropolis, a company that aims to make the parking experience so good that even George Costanza will have nothing to complain about. Stay tuned. Alex Israel, welcome to City Speak. It's great to be here, Max. Thank you for having me. Let's start with your background. I know that you've been in the urban transportation space before Metropolis. How'd you become interested in this world? That's a great question, Max. Well, I was born and raised in Los Angeles and became fascinated with infrastructure and transportation at a young age. And then when I graduated from graduate school, started my first startup in this space and became fascinated by urban density, urban landscape, and what the future of mobility would look like. And started to really hone in on the fact that the urban landscape is comprised significantly of highly underutilized assets, in this case, parking, and how those assets evolve over the next 30 years. It was my first foray and first company I founded was called ParkMe. And we started to evaluate and think about how these assets would evolve in the next 30 years. And how are you thinking about how these assets will evolve over the next 30 years? I think Metropolis seems to have a thesis as far as how that'll be. What is Metropolis and how is it embodying that vision for what parking will become? So piggybacking on our previous conversation, if you look at a city like Los Angeles, 15% of the surface area of the city is dedicated to parking. And these are highly inefficient, highly underutilized assets that litter the city. So the question is, what is the higher and better use for that asset class? And for me, as you speak to asset owners, these are often forgotten, underutilized assets that say underutilized and underoccupied almost 70% of the time. The net result of that is they can be repurposed for the community, repurposed for a higher and better use. And for me, because I'm a mobility nerd, if you will, the higher and better use is thinking about mobility. It's thinking about cleaning, servicing, charging, deploying all future forms of mobility, whether that be autonomous vehicles, self-driving cars in this case, or scooters. How can that space be repurposed? And until Metropolis came along, what was the legacy parking operator landscape like? 
what was the business as usual approach and how can innovation change that? Great question. So if you look at the landscape today, it's really what Metropolis is doing. Metropolis is replacing the legacy landscape. So the parking industry is run primarily by a group of organizations called parking operators. And these are the legacy organizations that staff, man, and operate parking across the country. And they are phenomenally inefficient. And there's a lot of money being left on the table for asset owners. So what we do is we render the traditional parking operator obsolete by replacing their services with technology. Technology that we take for granted and that we use on our everyday basis. We bring the archaic parking industry into the modern age and into the palm of your hand. So we make parking easy for consumers. We make it a touchless, seamless, checkout-free experience for consumers. And we fundamentally shift the economic profile of the real estate by for asset owners, reducing the cost to operate these facilities and driving significant revenue to these facilities. So many commercial landlords in the past year and a half saw parking revenues and income decline significantly during the pandemic. And so as you currently partner with these various landlords and stakeholders, what advice do you have for them as they evaluate their next generation of parking operation? So you're right, Max. I would phrase it a little differently in the context that COVID was a disaster or has been a disaster for real estate asset owners across the United States. Historically, they have viewed parking as a need to have and not want to have. And when their proverbial assets were on fire as a result of COVID, they had to dig deep and evaluate the expense and revenue profiles of their real estate. And they quickly realized that parking unto itself was grossly underutilized and massively mismanaged. The net result of that is they needed to find a solution. They needed to do something better. And I always hesitate in saying this because it's such an awkward thing to harp on. But COVID was a massive tailwind for Metropolis as a result of this. We had asset owners and we continue to have asset owners across the United States approaching us and asking how we can shift that economic profile, how you can reduce the cost to operate a parking lot and how you can drive significantly more revenue to those parking lots. To get specific now, how then does Metropolis's technology work? Quite simply, what is the technology that Metropolis offers to parking? So Metropolis at our core is a technology company. We're a computer vision-based machine learning company. So if you think about Amazon Go, this idea of checkout-free commerce, this idea that you could just go to a retail establishment, click a button, go shopping, and then leave and automatically be charged. So Metropolis's technology does exactly that, but it applies this type of solution to parking. The indicative use case or what this looks like for consumers across the United States is You pull up to a Metropolis location, our camera technology recognizes your vehicle, the gate automatically opens, you get a text message welcoming you back, you go out to dinner, and then when you go to leave, the gate automatically opens and you are automatically charged. So seamless checkout free commerce, none of the traditional pain points or weird experiences associated with parking. A stated goal of your company is to position itself, and you touched on this earlier, as the infrastructure to emerging trends in the urban transportation technology space. 
The technology that, of course, I think immediately comes to mind is ride sharing. Again, you mentioned this earlier. I know you've worked collaboratively with these companies. What have those partnerships entailed and how is Metropolis enabling the next generation of ride sharing and app-enabled transportation? So Max, as we think about partnering, we spend a lot of time thinking about finding higher and better use for land, in this case, parking. And because parking is so underutilized, you can reshape or repurpose that parking to clean, service, park, stage, charge vehicles, whether those be scooters or whether they be autonomous vehicles or whether they be drones. As a result of that, we formed partnerships with rideshare companies. The perfect example is Uber. We formed a recent partnership with Uber that we're scaling as we speak and accessible to all drivers in Los Angeles. If you take out your phone, you can open the Uber app and you'll see that at the top of your home screen, it says rides, eats, and then next to eats, it says parking. In this case, it says Uber Park. You click Uber Park, you enter your license plate, and from that moment forward, if you pull into any Metropolis-enabled facility anywhere in the United States, you pull in, you get a text message by Uber welcoming you back, and when you go to leave, you're automatically charged by Uber. So in that case, we're working with Uber to drive significant traffic to these locations and once again, shift the underlying economic value of these locations. In the future vision of urban mobility, getting around a city, it's your position that parking is just an essential building block to that. What is your vision then for urban mobility in the future and Metropolis's role therein? So if we look at the fundamental urban landscape of cities across the United States, you see a gross overabundance of parking. And the primary reason for that has been inefficient and ineffective regulation. That parking will need to be repurposed into higher and better use. That can be the redevelopment of parking into community centers, into parks, into a value proposition that is of intrinsic importance to the community. It can also be very easily repurposed into what I'd call a mobility hub. This idea that all future forms of mobility will require a physical infrastructure layer in order to exist. We often talk about these fundamental future states of modalities or mobility. And people often forget the picks and shovels. They often forget the underlying infrastructural requirements in order to facilitate that future. And in this case, we see a great opportunity in converting parking into mobility hubs to facilitate that future. You sort of anticipated my next question when you were talking about the overabundance of parking in cities and the need to figure out the highest and best use for them. There's a growing movement that began in academia, but is now entering more of the political mainstream, I'd say, that points to parking as the source of a variety of, frankly, challenges in cities, foremost among them the cost to building new housing, for example. That movement has culminated in legislation in various states and localities that would reduce or in some cases outright eliminate parking requirements for new buildings. And at first blush, when one thinks of that, it would seem that Metropolis and other parking operators 
would stand to lose from such an aggregate reduction in parking. I'd imagine, of course, there's probably more nuance than that. So I'd like to get your thoughts first on the larger topic of the impact of parking requirements and second to hear how Metropolis is positioning itself for that potential legislative landscape. It's a great question, Max. There are two major problems with urban planning as it pertains to parking in the United States. One, parking minimums as a structural requirement when developing a new building. Two is on-street parking. I think we're going to spend more time digging into the concerns associated with parking minimums. But just to quickly touch on on on-street parking, I'm a huge advocate, as are metropolites, as we call them internally, members of the Metropolis team. We're huge advocates of getting rid of on-street parking. And what I mean by that is repurposing, repatriating, or democratizing on-street space back for people. Not long the idea of having vehicles take up all the space in our cities. And parking is just one component of that, but on-street parking is a significant problematic component. I'm a huge advocate of pushing vehicles off the street, getting them parked, not clogging up the transportation ducts or the transportation highways that are so critical to our cities, and in favor of eliminating that on-street complication that limits the viability of our cities and our streets from being repatriated for consumers. So as it pertains to parking minimums, I think it's another massive problem. And the problem is actually twofold. The problem on one side is a regulatory problem. It is how do local governments mandate parking requirements? But there's also a developer concern. And the developer concern is relatively straightforward. A developer wants to build a building that is going to be able to be fully utilized by tenants. And a developer wants maximum flexibility. So a lot of people have a natural tendency to say that parking requirements are facilitated exclusively by municipalities and local governments. But in fact, often it's developers that are very supportive because they never want to be able to look at a tenant and say, I don't have enough parking for you. The truth of the matter is at Metropolis, we are a huge advocate of finding a higher and better use for this land, and that is not parking. We are long repurposing parking for the future of mobility, and that means opening up new modalities. That includes greater equitability. That includes getting rid of mobility deserts or transportation deserts. And core to that is the repurposing of this land. And so now to close, Metropolis has, as you said, experienced tremendous growth in the past two years. What is the outlook ahead? The outlook ahead is awesome. It's very difficult to describe everything that we're doing within Metropolis right now. But to be as tangible and straightforward as possible, we're taking over parking across the United States at a rapid gait to make parking easier for consumers and to drive significantly more value to real estate asset owners. And we expect to be within one quarter mile of every final destination for every consumer in the United States over the next few years. Alex Israel, thanks so much for joining us. Max, thank you so much for having me.
This has been City Speak with Max Masudafarkas, produced in partnership with Urbanized Media, with audio production and music by Greg Gordon Smith. Stay tuned for our next episode. <laughs>